0: Hello and welcome to the Series 8 of The Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Risk founder and CEO, Jeremy Gottschalk. The Platform Podcast features conversations with founders, operators, and leaders from the marketplace and digital platform ecosystem, with the goal of providing valuable real-world lessons that can be leveraged by you, the listener, to help you launch, grow, and succeed. Please note, this podcast is for informational purposes only, and is not professional advice. For specific issues, please seek an appropriate professional or contact us at info at marketplacerace.com for more information.
1: Welcome to the platform podcast. On this episode, we welcome Hannah Shimko, the CEO of the online dating association. Thank you for joining me and welcome to the platform podcast.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to our chat today.
1: Me too. I'd love to start out with you sharing a little bit about your background and kind of what led you to become the CEO of the Online Dating Association.
2: Yeah, happy to. So I have come from a career in communications and stakeholder engagement. Um, I originally worked in the culture and heritage sector um, doing communications, as I said, stakeholder engagement and influencing and, and policy. Um, and I wrote a report on heritage and the creative industries, and much of that report was focused on tech uh, and how technology was transforming how people engage with the creative industries, um, which was I found really exciting. So that really you know, piqued my interest in tech. So I was working as head of policy and comms at the Trade Association for the Heritage Sector when this uh, the role was originally comms and policy director for the online dating association i thought it sounded like a really exciting move for me um so win across and i've been there for two years and uh became ceo about seven months ago and we're a really really small organization so i it's uh essentially just myself and my administrator who who kind of run the show so it's a really interesting role that's pretty diverse
1: excellent and can you tell us um, what is the Online Dating Association? What's the purpose, goal, or mission?
2: Absolutely, I actually get this question quite a lot, um, and I always use the saying, you know, it does what it says on the tin. So we are the industry association or trade association uh, for the online dating sector. Um, we are incorporated in the UK; that's where we started, but we now work internationally. So we're we're engaging in the EU, in the US, in Australia, keeping an eye on on everything. A trade association is made up of members, um, so our members are all online dating services uh, and we coalesce around a set of standards uh, which we believe make the sector a healthy place for both businesses and for consumers. We were started 10 years ago, um, as I said, in the UK when some of the leading dating services came together um, over a concern around standards uh, in the industry and the stigma of, of online dating maybe at the time and stereotypes around online dating and trying to show what best practice looked in the online dating sector. Issues at the time were around um, people using fake profiles to lure people into dating services, um, you know romance fraud, subscription traps. So they wanted to set out what what good looks like essentially uh, in online dating. And you know essentially that's still our mission is to create that, that healthy sector on both sides. So we work together members of the association to to share best practice, to talk about concerns, challenges, what's happening in the sector. We work together to develop dialogues with stakeholders. So that might be law enforcement, it might be academics, think tanks, charities, civil society. We then also engage with the political spectrum. So legislators, regulators, those influencing policy to, to talk about our concerns or, or what we'd like to see in the policy sphere. We then campaign on issues, the issues that are related to that uh, and share our messages broadly so that might be directly with policymakers, with civil society or uh, the media so we obviously are engaging on on that uh, front as well and, and reacting to to what is in the media and and being that um conduit between a lot of stakeholders uh, and the sector itself especially for those small and medium-sized uh, businesses who maybe don't have a, a government affairs or a massive PR department, and finally, we also do provide uh, support and guidance for consumers about how to date online safely, um, which we think is a really important part of what we do.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't go a day without out seeing um, in the news uh, various um, you know scams that that are hitting platforms and and. I think unfairly the media points to the platforms as it being their fault um, when the reality is is you know people are left to their own devices but i think what's amazing about what you're doing is is the consumer education part as well um because you know you, you can only lead people to water right you can't make them drink and so um that that information is critical particularly when your members are taking the step to share uh, and, and you as an association are sharing with the, the consumers kind of here's typical uh, here are typical scams or typical issues you might confront and here's how you protect yourself. Um, but uh, that, so I think that that's huge um, as an association. Um, what are the hot button issues uh, would you say that your members care about or that the association is focusing on right now?
2: Yeah I think that there's an, an absolute range um, of what we're looking at uh, as well. So you know horizon scanning i suppose is something that's that's used too often to describe a range of activities but essentially part of our job is horizon scanning and keeping an eye on everything that's going on so it, it doesn't matter if that's in the media landscape and the political landscape um in the kind of innovative landscape or um in, in, you know what's coming to our sector so underpinning all of that is of course our standards which help us stay on track on what's important for the Online Dating Association. But one one exciting thing that we're doing is looking at what is coined the social discovery sector. So this um, is a bit like online dating, but you're using a platform to meet someone for a purpose outside of dating. It might be to share a hobby, it might be to travel, it might be to um, link up on something that you're passionate about, uh, it might be for, single parents, or new mums to, to meet and share, and it's a really a growing sector. So we're interested in exploring how that crosses over with online dating. Um, and that, of course, then leads on to thinking about research and how we can underpin our work, our doing, we the work we're doing in a broader space. Um, and as I said before, thinking always about partnerships, coalitions, relationships, stakeholders, because on in the policy sphere, there's a lot going on and I'm sure Everyone listening has some idea about this, but we're seeing a lot of pressure on. Platforms that have some type of user generated content, recognizing that dating platforms are not the same as social media platforms, but we still have user generated content and you know we're trying to both horizon scan, react to policy, react to discussions with regulators with civil society who are concerned about different issues, and and of course, the media as well. Um, and I can talk through a few of the things that we're thinking about. So I'm sure everyone is aware of the broader idea around online safety, and what does that mean? And can we regulate for safe online spaces? And certainly different juris- global jurisdictions have taken different viewpoints on this. So you have everything from european union where they're very kind of human rights based regulatory approach about the individual and protecting uh the individual you then have the the uk where i'm i'm physically based in london and which is kind of doing a bit of both kind of more objectives based regulation the us which is a little bit different kind of more about the market obviously disparate states You have other countries like Australia thinking about it in a different way. So in particular, we're engaging with the Digital Services Act in the EU and the Online Safety Bill in the UK. And these are all about trying to make the internet a safer place. Initially, many of them were conceived around safer for children, but I think we've learned a lot about harm to adults as well. We've had a lot of discussions on this. I think what's interesting in terms of our conversation today, too, is about trying to help in the run-up to creating these leg- pieces of legislation, was what government wants to happen or policymakers want to happen versus what is technically possible or what the knock-on effects from some of these, you know, well-meaning plans could be. So it's a lot of discussion. And now that both the Online Safety Bill and the Digital Services Act have passed, and um, now we're thinking about you know regulation, what is that going to look like uh, for dating platforms and I didn't mention earlier, but online, the Online Dating Association, we have a whole range of members from big, big um, players in the market who have multiple brands and, and are really engaged in the space to startups, SMEs, you know, that don't have maybe the same ability to lobby on their own or follow what's going on on their own. And that's what the Online Dating Association does, is we try and connect our sector to those regulators as they're kind of developing these uh, compliance regimes and i mean i don't think i have the answer and and maybe we can talk about this will be talked about more at the global summit you know what are these regulation regulatory regimes going to look like for different size members uh what is what is the importance of size versus is it considered a risky platform we're not exactly sure where we're going to fall in there yet That's that's our kind of first thing we're focused on
1: Yeah, what's what's interesting is, and I think what's so critical about um, trade associations uh, engaging in this process, uh, one, because as you mentioned, there are various size platforms um, uh, and startups and and scale-ups at various stages that may not have a voice uh, but for uh, the aggregation of the membership into a trade group or a trade body so i mean i think that's key the other thing is i you know e- regulators legislators uh, you know in the us generally speaking well meaning but they don't they're not they're not as deep into technology and deep into this sector um, certainly, as you and your members. And so it goes without saying that they just, there's no way that they're going to understand it to the level that they need to or the level they ought to understand it to be regulating it. And so the result is, although well meaning, often, um, as you, you mentioned, there are implications that are um, foreseen and unforeseen um, that really can do a lot of damage. For all to all stakeholders, right? To the platforms, their their, their users, the consumer. Um, and so I think it's super key that that there is a voice and that the voice is representing uh, platforms uh, and its membership at all different sizes um, to make sure that the regulations, when they do pass and when they are um, put into effect, that they are as crafted as, as best as possible um, and uh, make sure that there are, you limit or you mitigate the, the adverse impact of, or, or the unintentional impact of, uh, of some, again, well-meaning regulations. Um, you talked yeah, about, yeah, you talked about um, the, the DSA uh, and the OSB. I'm curious, are there other regulations, um, and, and maybe you can talk a little bit about Um, what the the DSA is and the OSB is and and go into a little bit of detail, um, kind of who who should be paying attention and what do those regulations do and and what's the impact of them?
2: No, absolutely. There are are other regulations coming as well. I think I said at the start, a real focus on trying to regulate tech in a number of ways um, at the moment. So, The DSA is the Digital Services Act in the EU and the OSB is the Online Safety, now Online Safety Act, it hasn't been signed, but will be soon, essentially trying to regulate user generated content and user to user services um, by looking essentially at kind of risk assessment and mitigation. So different to the GDPR regime um, in the kind of individual cases, it's more about platforms proving that they are assessing their own risk and putting in place the right processes to mitigate that risk, whatever that may be, and um, understanding what those risks are and the level of those risks from, you know, very serious priority harms like CSAM or terrorist material to, um, you know, the full range from harmful communications, fraud, those those type of issues. And I think what will happen is, is with these pieces of, of legislation, I will say I'm not an expert in either of them, is um, different levels of risk uh, will be have different kind of compliance regimes, and it will be important for uh, platforms that are operating in both those jurisdictions and, and in others to figure out the right mix of being in compliance with obviously different jurisdictions and different um, regulation in different jurisdictions. And just to pick up on a few points so on the OSB and the DSA, I mentioned fraud, um fraud is kind of seen as its own issue as well uh, in a few places so here in the uk uh we recently had the government appoint an anti-fraud champion um and and he's been tasked with essentially understanding the landscape of fraud in this country and, and for dating services um we probably have two types of fraud romance fraud and then kind of romance and investment fraud um and again it's the same um issue of trying to educate those policymakers to understand the really nuanced issues around different types of fraud and how there isn't really a one-stop solution to just stopping fraud uh, on platforms but we're expecting in, in the UK to have a um, anti-fraud charter for the tech sector initially for big companies but you know it's real discussion here uh, alternatively in Australia they also have been focusing on online safety they have an e-safety commission um, and their, their government is interested in harm on dating services. So, more around sexual assault, harassment, um, abuse of women and girls and those with you know, diverse uh, protected characteristics. So, they're, they're more interested in the harm side and how harm can, can be on dating platforms. So, this all kind of ties into online safety regulation. So, for services that are in all these different jurisdictions you know they are grappling with lots of different expectations um and trying to see meet meet those especially those members of the ODA for instance who are very dedicated to to our standards and to trust and safety it makes for a confusing uh, space for for a lot of businesses um, and i think that's where the ODA can help Kind of plan that out and as you say who should be paying attention it's, it's really everyone everyone should be paying attention um because we don't know exactly how this will play out so it's good to be keeping an eye on this and, and thinking about how you could start to um pull it into your own uh, platform design uh, and your own teams
1: right right and, and i think that's the one thing that's key I, you know a lot of these regulations are initially targeting um uh, platforms of a certain size, but, you know, as we know that no, every platform aspires to be uh, a unicorn or, you know, obviously a, a big player. And so it behooves the smallest platforms to get involved, um, particularly if you're in dating and the online dating association. So you understand as you grow what the future looks like in terms of um, the regulatory and regime and, and what you'll need to comply with. The other thing is, and I, I always tell people this, you know, it may not uh, apply to you now, but um, it may in the future. And so, if you build your product to with these kind of uh, regimes uh, in mind, these these regulations in mind, it's a lot more efficient to do it at the beginning than down the road once you um, cross that threshold. And Um, you know, become subject to the regulations uh, because it's, you know, your platform's that much bigger. It's just, it gets harder and harder to uh, make changes to technology the bigger you get. So engaging early, um, number one, you have obviously a voice uh, at the table, but two, it's just so much more efficient if you are in line with um, all of the others and and, uh, complying with the regulations early. Um, and, and if nothing else, consumers, you know they want, they'll, they'll start to notice who is um, looking out for them, who's complying with the regulations. And it could be a barrier for a smaller player to grow if they're not complying, even though they they you know, legally, technically don't need to comply.
2: No, I think that's that's incredibly accurate. And I think sometimes when we think about regulation, we forget the end consumer in that space right. and how they are engage with these whether they're seeing it in the media whether they're following you know whether they're interested in trust and safety and, and their own safety privacy you know their own da- data whatever it is I think and that was why the ODA was started initially is we do have a, a kite mark that you can find on on all our members pages to say essentially these services are caring they're trying to build trust they're trying to think about what is right uh, in this space and, and I do think it can be a differentiator And as you say, for startups, just think about it now, even even in the early stages, have a have a working knowledge, build in to your the progress of your platform of your product as you go, and you won't have the headache down the line where you suddenly have to hire a team, for instance, to fix something to be in compliance.
1: Right. No, that, that, that's very, very uh, eloquently stated. Uh, you probably cut four sentences off of what I, what I was <laughs> trying to describe, so thank you. Um, the other thing that I noticed, too, is, you know, I, I've been working in this space for, for a solid 15 years, and one of the things that I've noticed is, you know, the definition of Trust and safety is different um, depending on the the vertical or the industry. However, you look at it, um, and and I you know I always talk about a spectrum of trust and safety. And for a lot of platforms, the you know the Amazons of the world, um, offer ups of the world, the big risk is a financial risk and it's a fraud risk. Um, in large part because they're you know you're you're buying something and you're shipping it. Um, and so I I kind of put that on one end of the spectrum, um, not not insignificant. Um, but when you compare it to the other end of the spectrum where people are meeting, I call them kind of, you know, the IRL platforms where people are actually meeting offline, you have that fraud component on one end, and then you have the kind of the in real life, um, risks, whether it be, you know, injury or, or abuse, et cetera. And, and what's, What's really fascinating is the definition of trust and safety, to me, spans that entire spectrum. But when you look at regulations and you look at the focus of various jurisdictions, various organizations, sometimes they focus on one area or one part of the spectrum and not the entirety. Um, And so the thing with uh, the Online Dating Association or or, uh, as I'm involved with uh, the Marketplace Industry Association is... You really have to look at the whole spectrum because you're really, um, you know, you're, you're providing all aspects of uh, a kind of a platform to your users, um, all that functionality. So you, you know, it's interesting that that. Um, I mean, it's no small task, but what's great is you know, when you have a trade body who's keeping an eye out on all of the regulations, understanding all of the different harms. Um, you, you it really ends up being super efficient for people to um, engage with the trade association to stay up to date uh, on all of the different types of harms that you know may or may not impact the platform but certainly could
2: thank you for a lovely description of uh, what trade associations do
1: <laughs> right right well you know it's interesting because it's you know I, I the members who are engaged um, in my experience is, they understand the value and the benefit, and um, it's you, you really have kind of a happy customers, if you will. Uh, but oftentimes, it's hard to get people engaged because they don't see the big picture, um, and they don't realize the impact that a large group can have um, and, and the need for um, people to engage, uh, come together, have a voice, Um, And so, you know, it's, it's, I I guess I, I'm, uh, you know, in the, in the kind of the same position that you are in, um, in that, you know, you you have a huge mandate um, and it's for me from my perspective, it's the, the hardest part of the job is really getting people to understand the need to come together, come together now and get involved before it's too late. Um, and so it's, you know, I, I don't want to call it a thankless job, but a lot of times it's like, you know, you, the, the, ov- the outsized impact that you can have um, and if everybody gets on board is just, it's, it's, you know, as, as much as I can kind of carry that flag um, and, and sound that alarm, I do because um, it's, it's, it's difficult to get people to pay attention to a lot of this stuff. Oftentimes it's too late, right? The regulation passed. There's nothing we can do now except try to amend it or change it, which is you know, even more difficult.
2: No, exactly, and I think you know often industry associations like ours are set up at a point of jeopardy for the sector. Um, you know when something's gone wrong, and it's it's easy to demonstrate the value in that moment, whether it's in a PR space or, or a, a lobbying kind of uh, legislation regulation space. But it's actually the work that we do in between those points of jeopardy that stop them from happening. But that can be harder to um, always communicate and 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 show clearly that the work we do actually stops those jeopardy points from happening.
1: Right. No, I, I think that's exactly right. Points of jeopardy. I've never heard that, but I, I like that term. I think that's a really <laughs> clear way to put it. Um, and and to be clear, um, for our um, non dating platform um, listeners, uh, these regulations are not only impacting dating platforms. Rather, they impact a wide variety of technology platforms. I mean, who should be paying attention uh, to these UK and EU regulations? Like what types of platforms?
2: Yeah, so anyone who has users in those spaces, first of all, um, and then they are essentially for platforms that have any user to user engagement. So online dating platforms, social discovery, obviously on your side as well marketplaces where people are engaging buying um from each other and communicating with each other um all kind of social media platforms where there's content that is shared between users um we you might have seen uh, in the press you know issues around whatsapp and other messaging services being covered by this as well and and concerns around breaking encryption to meet uh different parts of the bill so literally any platform that has any user-generated content on it whatsoever.
1: I think that's key, um, you know, th- th- that is, although we're, we're going to, you know, we're talking a lot about online dating, the reality is the, the regulations that you've uh, so eloquently described um, have Far greater reach than than dating, and so it's key that that um, you know, as you mentioned, the marketplaces, the you know, uh, social discovery platform, social media, any user to user engagement or uh, generated content, to listen up uh, and to, uh, if nothing else, look up, research the DSA um, and the OSB to make sure that you're compliant um, and that you're you're up to date. Um, Taking kind of a step back from those regulations, though, as, as technology platforms, I wonder how much your membership uh, and the Online Dating Association care about some of the other issues in tech right now, including uh, artificial intellig- intelligence, gen AI, synthetic media, and other emerging technologies. Can you give me a glimpse into some of these issues and kind of where you're focused or how you're um, uh, paying attention to them?
2: Yeah absolutely and then I must say the dating conference was 2 weeks ago and AI was the topic of the conference so um I think this question is is absolutely spot on so I think that on AI has been used for a while in content moderation in dating uh services so content moderation is a big part of how dating services keep their users safe um you know moderating people's profiles uh you know reporting systems a uh, looking at that content that's going back and forth and, and trying to protect their users. AI is a big part of that, AI and machine learning. And, and we've you know grappled with some of the issues in there around training those models and making sure they're trained appropriately and accurately uh, and their constant kind of improvement. But generative AI is 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 the much more, I suppose, exciting um, but also concerning thing for dating. So you might have seen some dating platforms have been talking about using generative AI within their their services, within their platforms and their apps to help data. So we see this around things like helping um, individuals with their user experience, so maybe helping them pick images for their profile, helping them deal uh, with the content that they put, helping them uh, express themselves in the most authentic way, um, as if you had a coach kind of helping you put together your profile or within the engagement, so coming up with quizzes or other ways for two users to engage we see really uh, positive work there or coaching kind of learning how to to chat to people how to be an appropriate uh, individual in this platform but of course any good use of any new technology can have have its exact opposite so we're also worried about generative ai in terms of improving how scammers operate a lot of how we recognize scammers and dating is poor Syntax, poor grammar, maybe um, repeating the same content, so sending the same message to multiple people, immediate red flag as a possible scammer. Something like ChatGPT would allow a scammer to put in the content and have it changed every time, making it harder for us to to flag that. Text-based one, um, we've heard all sorts of things about people creating the bots of themselves to engage people through dating services or fill up their dating calendar they may go to the dates in person, but perhaps they've used an AI version of themselves to make those initial chats and, and to make those initial dates. And then synthetic media, you know, more widely, huge, huge concern, um, whether that's voice, uh, video or image, you know, how do we know if something is authentic or AI generated? How can deepfakes help scammers or others, bad actors who want to cause harm, bypass different verification processes that have been put in place? on platforms to try and stop um, that concern. I, I definitely don't know the answer as I'm not not a technologist. I know people are working on trying to be able to flag synthetic media, um, but it's, it's something that we're concerned about and want to talk about and want to engage with. It's something government is interested in engaging with and talking about. There is a white paper here in the UK on AI and about how we should regulate it. There's an AI Act in the EU, which is looking at re- basically classifications on risk from AI, we have multiple AI summits coming up. So yeah, we're finding our place uh, in that conversation.
1: Yeah, it, it, the application um, uh, and the kind of, what I would call the abuse of generative AI in the dating uh, world, to me, particularly also with the synthetic media, it's like catfishing on steroids, yeah. um, and you know you can just imagine—you um, uh, know—your mind doesn't have to go far just to think about all of the misuse or abuse um, of Gen AI, really on any platform. But where it gets really interesting. Um, and I say interesting cynically, but uh, in- interesting is when you look at different platforms and you look at how it can be used um, both by the platform for good, for efficiency, but by bad actors, um, it's, it's no wonder that it is the talk of just about everybody, um, and that the reason that there are already 500 conferences on it, because I think until we really get a grasp on the proper use, um, but also the misuse or the abuse of it, we there's a huge kind of learning curve, and and I think we're all going through it together. So it's great that that you all are focusing on it. I know we are as well, um, and uh, I you know I know that uh, kind of switching gears really quickly. We'll be talking about. A, a dozen or so topics revolved around um, AI at the Global Summit. That's hosted by uh, Lloyd's of London uh, this uh, October 31st through November 1st. Um, And uh, so, you know, get your tickets because we'll be talking, we'll be covering mostly on the abuse um, and the misuse and the trust and safety implications of AI. But um, we'll be talking about a lot of these, these issues that you brought up. Um, I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of the Platform Podcast. Um, Hannah will be participating in the upcoming uh, Global Summit hosted by Lloyds. Uh, that's October 31st through November 1st. Um, and you can uh, check out uh, the Global Summit at marketplacerisk.com for more information. Um, Hannah, I want to thank you again for all of the um, insight um, and for everything you're doing uh, in the Online Dating Association and for all of your members.
2: Thank you so much for having me it's been a really enjoyable conversation i feel like we could have gone on for ages but uh yeah i look forward to seeing a lot of the listeners at the the summit uh, at
0: the end of october
1: yes we'll see you there thanks again
0: thank you for tuning into the platform podcast You can check out more episodes at MarketplaceRisk.com, along with information about all of our conferences, summits, virtual content, and resources designed to help marketplaces and digital platforms launch, grow, and succeed. And follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk to stay up-to-date on upcoming programs, events, and important news.